Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I did the unthinkable. I got my own computer set up. What's up, everybody? Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Tell you stuff to get to today. We'll keep on talking the Ferris State Bulldogs, previewing their uh, trip to Missoula this upcoming weekend. Tony Anis, he's the head coach of uh, Ferris State, who, by the way, are the two-time defending Division II national champions. Uh, he will join us here in about 15 minutes, so looking forward to that. Uh, a bunch of other uh, wide-ranging topics today, which will be very fun. Brooks Nuanas will join us to talk all things NFL, our all-football, all the time. We'll also hear from Lucas Lant. He's a two-way star there at Hamilton High School, part of our Bitterroot Breakdown Carolyn, the chicken doesn't know sports. She swings by to, of course, talk about Aaron Rodgers. And now it's a uh, an actually sad uh, portion of the Aaron Rodgers saga. But we talk a whole bunch of other stuff as well. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And then we'll talk Aaron Rodgers and more like broadly, just from a medical perspective, what does it mean to tear your Achilles? Why is it more prominent the older you get? And what's the rehab like? Dr. Michael Wright of the Sports uh, of Missoula Bone and Joint. He'll join us for the Sports Medicine Journal, uh, which we do about once a month here uh, on uh, Nuanas Now. So, a ton of stuff to get to, as always. Appreciate you uh, for tuning in. It's also a Thursday, so that means we have our uh, latest Iron Grizz giveaway. Iron Grizz, certainly, this is no exaggeration, it's one of the best restaurants in Missoula. If you haven't been there, you should go check it out. And you should also just stay tuned right here because we're going to have 50 bucks to the Iron Grizz American Bistro coming up here uh, later on in the show. If you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. That's the way to get a hold of us for Iron Grizz and any other free stuff we, uh, we might have for you. We haven't talked hardly at all about Stetson, who is playing in Bozeman on Saturday against the Bobcats. Part of that's because Stetson is uh, nearly a 50-point underdog. 48-and-a-half is the last line I've seen on the uh, the Bobcat game. Part of it is because Stetson is a Pioneer League football, Pioneer football League team that is expected uh, to be pretty non-competitive in the game 
Saturday in Bozeman, especially with Montana State coming off the heartbreaking loss they suffered last weekend. I think the Bobcats are going to try to get right in the big in a big way. Um, but also, we've reached out to Stetson. Like to hear the, the you know the opposing viewpoints, especially when it's non-conference schools that probably haven't ever played the Montana schools or, or have played sparingly. This is the first ever matchup for both Montana and Montana State against their respective opponents. So, you know, I just find it interesting. I think you can get good content out of it, even if the team is not necessarily a premier team, just because it's just a different part of the country, different part of operations, you know, different way of doing things, all sorts of different uh, fun facts. Also, though, Stetson just hasn't gotten back to us. I, I got an email this morning saying, yeah, we couldn't track anybody down for interviews. You know, sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, you know, we just wanted to give you a platform and highlight you. Um, and also just learn about you and, and promote the game and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I don't know, just uh, just funny. So that, that's the primary reason why we haven't had anything from Stetson. But uh, some interesting facts about Stetson. If you uh, have ever seen the movie The Water Boy, the Adam Sandler classic, uh, I guess the late 1990s, Bobby Boucher plays for the something or other Mud Dogs, and they play their games at what is actually like where the, the scenes are filmed is Stetson's football field. I also heard a joke that maybe Ray Finkel, who's the, the Miami Dolphins kicker from the Ace Ventura movies, the, the Jim Carrey movies, you know, laces out that <laughs> he also was a Stetson alum. So you got some Hollywood connections there, uh, to Stetson. And, uh, also, uh, I believe that Stetson university is named after the man who created the Stetson cowboy hat and Stetson cologne. And he gave, a formative amount of his fortune uh, to the school to uh, <laughs> to basically form or or at least subsidize their endowment. So I don't know. That's all I know about Stetson. Other than that, they run a three three five defense similar to the Grizz. You, you hear often that the, that defense is very very rare. I think it really is at the Division One level. I can only really think of Montana and uh, Mississippi State that run it, uh, but Stetson runs it as well. So. I don't know. Last couple of times Montana State has faced that sort of defense uh, at Bobcat Stadium. Hasn't gone so well uh, for the opponent. Uh, but I do think Stetson probably has a lot more, uh, or a lot less, I should say, standout type athletes than the, uh, the University of Montana uh, did the last couple of times they played in Bozeman. Here in Missoula, though, don't look now, don't overlook. There's a Division II team in town. But they're not just any Division II team. They are absolutely the powerhouse of D2. Fair State has won 57 out of their last 60 ball games overall. They've won 28 straight road games, and they've won back-to-back Division II national championships. Uh, Malik Mitchell, who's their quarterback, I interviewed him yesterday. What an interesting guy. He's a former Kent State transfer. He got hurt. He fell on some hard times, dropped out of college. He found himself working at Georgia Pacific outside his hometown in Cleveland, Ohio. And then he decided, hey, if I work here one more day, I'm going to work here for every single day for the rest of my life. So I got to get something else going. So he called up his high school coach who happened to be at Ferris State now. And boom, they got themselves an FBS quarterback. And the Ferris State's been very good, very competitive at the D2 level. For the, the duration of, of Tony Anise's uh, 13 seasons there, but they've been exceptionally good these last two years. And, and Malik Mitchell uh, is a big part of that. There's also a couple other factors that go into why Ferris State is very good. It, it's located, first of all, in, in Big Rapids, Michigan, not Grand Rapids. I think I misspoke earlier this week, said Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids is the second largest metropolitan area in the state of Michigan behind Detroit. There's 200,000 people in Grand Rapids and 1.3 million in the, the greater Grand Rapids area. Big Rapids is about 40 minutes north of Grand Rapids, and there's only about 7,700 people there. Uh, so certainly a small town. But Ferris State gets a, a ton of transfers from a variety of different levels, specifically the junior college level. They can take a certain type of junior college kid that maybe would have a harder time qualifying in a lot of Division One programs, especially ones around that area. There's also five FBS programs in Michigan, but no FCS programs in Michigan. So they also get a lot of guys that don't make it at Michigan, Michigan State, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan. So, uh, and then I think Tony Anis, their head coach, I think he's got a great formula. 
he, he makes it all about the team. And, and that sounds cliche, but you'll hear him talk about it and how passionate he is in that. And you'll also hear Malik Mitchell, the quarterback, talk about that tomorrow as well. And, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, right? They, they have won at as high a level as any college football program at any level. A caveat here, though, they have been on this great run. 57 out of their last 60, Ferris State has won. But they haven't actually played a FCS team since 2013. They've played some FBS a couple times, but they've never played an FCS team, not in the last 10 years. So they've been beating up on the D2 ranks primarily. But how can you argue when you've had the sort of success uh, Tony Anise has had? He spent 22 years as a head coach at the high school level in Michigan won over 190 games and four state championships. Then he moved on to the junior college level, coached at Grand Rapids Junior College for three years, won two national junior college uh, national titles, and then got to Ferris State. And since he's been at Ferris State, all he's done is go 117 and 17. That's crazy. I mean, for example, Bobby Houck, has won, I believe, 118 games at Montana, and he's had an exceptional winning percentage, and he's lost twice as many games as Anise has over the same, basically, number of seasons at the school. Obviously, Bobby Houck split up uh, between 2003 and 2009, and then since 2018, Anise has consecutively been the coach there at Ferris uh, since 2011. But you put it all together, and the resume is ridiculous. Tony Anise is 342 wins versus just 62 losses in his head coaching career. This guy's been a head coach for as long as I've been alive. His first year as a head coach was in 1987 at the high school level. But when you put the pencil to the paper, that's an 846 win percentage. That's absolutely absurd. I mean, 342 wins has got to be up there in the history of, of college football wins, period, any level. Obviously, some of those are from the high school level, but if you're if you want at this level of a clip, uh, this this clip of of uh, just pretty much being unbeatable for this many years, man, you know what you're doing. You are certainly uh, doing it right. Plus, you know, I mean, say it however you want. If you got four national championships, no matter what level it's at, that that's just it's it's pretty hard to match. So, uh, Barrett State is going to be, I think really tough. I don't think they're going to be overmatched in terms of size. I think the Grizz' biggest advantage will probably be their speed and their depth. But Montana's going to have to play well if they want to win this game convincingly. I do think the Grizz will win this game, but I think that it's going to take a strong effort to do so. I mean, they're 14-point favorites, and I think that's about right. I mean, the Grizz are going to be favored at home later on this month against Idaho State by more than they're favored this weekend against Ferris State. I mean, that's fair, right, Andrew? Would you say that Montana, Montana's a 14.5-point favorite. Andrew Houghton t- chiming in here on Nuanas now. Montana, 14.5-point favorite over Fair State this weekend. They'll be more of a favorite against Idaho State in two weeks, don't you think? Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Just making sure I'm not talking. And I think, didn't uh, that Fair State line start at like 12.5? That's right. Yep. The bookmakers had it at less than two touchdowns. So, Fair uh, State's going to be formidable. The thing is, usually your advantages, if you're the, the FCS versus a D2, are... First and foremost, on the lines, then the depth, then the speed. That's one place where Ferris is going to be able to hang those on the lines. They're really, really big up front and uh, on both the, the offensive and defensive side. So um, I think there's going to be a ball game under the Washington Grizzly Stadium lights uh, on Saturday night. You're listening to Nuanas Now. Well, time now for our Across the Sidelines, where we take a look at the upcoming opponents for both Montana and Montana State. The Montana Grizzlies in Missoula on Saturday hosting the two-time defending Division II national champions from Ferris State. Tony Anise, the head coach of Ferris State, joins us now here on Nuanas Now. Coach, appreciate the time today. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, first of all, just tell us a little bit about your team. You guys have had a great run, especially as of late, but a ton of success since you took over there uh, as the head coach. I mean, the numbers are staggering. 117 wins versus just 17 losses for you during your time there at Ferris State, including winning the last two D2 National Championships. So what have been some of the key elements to this run? How have you guys been able to build such a, such a powerhouse there uh, in Grand Rapids? Well, um, you know, just recruiting the right kind of guys and and just having an extraordinarily high um work ethic uh, guys that are just determined to be the best I always say the catalyst of our greatness is love so 
you know, the coaching staff, you know, developing profound and meaningful relationships with their players. And, and we've had some great ones, you know. We're uh, Zach Steelers' uh, interior starter for the Miami Dolphins. Tavier Thomas has been a great player for the Houston Texans. Uh, Malik Taylor is with the New York Jets. And uh, Caleb Murphy, who just uh, played for us last year, is, is with the Titans. And, and that's just a few of them. You know, we've had... Uh, Multiple guys have done really well and and uh, at the next level, and our guys just really work hard. And you know, those guys that have really had great success at the next level have really been motivators for the rest of our guys. When it comes to finding the right guys, I mean, what goes into that? I mean, what what are the right guys that fit in there at, at Ferris State? Well, first off, you got to be a team player. So um, you know, it's it's really important that. You kind of put your, uh, you know, your own personal desires aside. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of playmakers, um, three quarterbacks we play, and and some really good receivers, and and people who really have you know great skill. But you know, you got to put the team first, and if it doesn't come your way too much, and on a given day, just got to swallow your pride, be selfless, and know that. You know, we focus on winning around here. And so um, not only focus about winning, but developing winning habits to be winners in life. And, and so that's kind of kind of been our focus. Um, and our guys are pretty driven, you know. I, I mentioned Zach Sealer, who just signed a three-year, $38 million contract with the Dolphins. But at Ferris State, Zach Sealer didn't play one down his freshman year, didn't play one down his redshirt freshman year, and it took him eight games into his a redshirt sophomore year to play and so and he's you know an NFL superstar so gotta be patient you gotta be determined to be the best uh, version of yourself and and uh, those are the things that we focus on well, it's very impressive, uh, not only the lineage you guys have been able to put into the NFL, but to just the consistency uh, of winning. What, what about the place you're located at, though? Grand Rapids, Michigan. I mean, Michigan has a great high school football talent. I know you got a lot of Michigan guys on your roster. So, I mean, how much does that help you to sort of fill the ranks? Well, first off, we are in Big Rapids, Michigan. Mm. So, Grand Rapids, Michigan is about 45 miles uh, south of us. Um, actually, Grand Rapids, Michigan, for the most part, is uh, home to Grand Valley, which is uh, one of our bigger rivals. Uh, we're kind of in a small city, about um, 45 miles north of Grand Rapids and Big Rapids. Um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of out of way. It uh, works well to recruit Michigan kids. We've had... Uh, no great luck with that and after that you know our second um, spot that we recruit the most is in Florida and uh, we've had great Florida players and, and so that's worked well and then you know we've had great fortune with, with transfers and things of that sort and so that's kind of been our our focus and, and, and the way we do things. Tony and East joining us here on Nuanas Now. He's the head coach of the Ferris State Bulldogs. They're coming to town uh, to Missoula to take on Montana Saturday night under the Washington Grizzly Stadium lights. When it comes to the transfer phenomenon, Coach, I mean, that's something that everybody in college football has been trying to wrap their minds around and, and find, you know, sort of the sweet spot for their individual programs. For you guys, I mean, similar philosophy? I mean, is it just about finding the right fit for your program, or how do you go about uh, attacking the transfer waiver wire uh, when you're looking for guys uh, that maybe aren't, you maybe aren't recruiting out of high school? Yeah, we really haven't dabbled in the portal a lot. Uh, we actually lost... Um, or my linebacker to the University of Oklahoma this past uh, season, and, and we lost another guy to another D1. But um, we haven't we haven't like made the portal a big priority. We actually player development's number one priority, and and so we've got a lot of players. Um, um, our entire offensive line really is players that have been here the whole time. Um, two of the three quarterbacks are guys that have been here the whole time. Um, the starting outside receivers are guys that have been here the whole time as has been, uh, you know, our starting slots and running back. So on offense, not so much, but we, we dabble into, you know, Juco kids um, and, and some transfers who, you know, maybe not, uh, you know, didn't do great with, um, you know, their previous school. Um, 
and, and so we got you know a, a player that at the end that was at the University of Illinois. Uh, interior defensive lineman that was at the University of Michigan, and and if it doesn't work out there, um, but those guys have been with us now for you know at least three years, so it was kind of before the portal area era when we we got those guys. Well, it's certainly been a, a crazy phenomenon to watch develop, and I know that everybody's sort of grappling with it. Um, well, let's talk about this matchup then on Saturday. Uh, First of all, talking to your your quarterback, Milek Mitchell, a little later on today. Uh, I know you got multiple quarterbacks that you play, but it's, he seems like the one that maybe is uh, the most emerged leader. So, um, what sort of things does he bring to your your team, your program, both from a, a leadership perspective, but also a quarterback operation perspective? Well, he's uh, he's a gifted athlete. He's uh, pretty uh, pretty mature. Um, he actually started at Kent State, played. Um, you know, and at Alabama, played at Penn State. You know, played played at a couple of big big venues. So he's used to you know just having great composure and things of that sort. He's got a good arm. He's a lefty. Um, got a good arm. Can run the ball effectively. Run our system effectively. Um, and yeah, he's uh, he's a guy that we lean on for leadership and and those kind of things. So he's been really. Uh, a blessing for us, obviously, leading us to a national championship uh, last year in 22. And then in 21, um, even though he wasn't our starter, he played in a lot of games. And in the national championship game, he played, you know, at least, you know, at least over a half of our game that year, too. So he's he's definitely a poised player. When it comes to, to chasing a national title but then also chasing a repeat national title and now here you are potentially working on a three-peat how are those challenges different i mean did, did last year seem distinctly different than the first national championship run and, and how do you go about preparing a team to to try to defend it once again yeah we're just chasing uh, to win the day i mean we're focusing on the process we got montana and schedule super program and and so uh we don't ever really think about the end result obviously our kids have high expectations to be the best but you know you start thinking about the end result of something and and it never never will come to fruition so um we're just trying to be the best version of ourselves try to be you know ready to 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 be the best for for each day that that we are confronted with and and that's been our process we don't get ahead of ourselves at all um and so winning the 2022 national championship was, you know, a relative surprise since we, you know, struggled a little bit um, in the middle of the year last year to really execute, particularly on offense. Our defense kind of, uh, you know, saved us quite a bit. But we're just, uh, you know, a gritty group of young men who just, you know, try to try to just believe in ourselves and play, uh, you know, focus on, on the Bulldogs and play to the best of our ability. Ferris State in Missoula, Montana on Saturday evening. The uh, Bulldogs head coach, Tony Anis, joins us here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Uh, last couple things for you then, Coach. What do you see when you turn on the film for Montana? What do you see? Well, a team that really plays hard. So to me, that's the first thing I look at is, you know, uh, you know what is the level of competitiveness on their team? And that team plays really hard. So very impressed by that. And that obviously is a credit to their coaches because uh, ultimately, in my belief, you know, the thing that uh, coaches should do the most is as you turn on the film, hey, you know, does that team play hard for their for their coaches and for their team and, and for their university? And so very impressed by that. Um, O-line, D-line, you know, tough guys. Um, you know, that's going to be challenging to match up with. But those guys... Um, you know, capacity to run the ball really effectively. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to be a sound run-stopping team, uh, you know, get off the field. And they've done really well on third down conversions. So we got to get off the field and try to, try to you know, hang in there with them physically. Um, you know, our guys take a lot of pride in, in being a physical team. So we'll see how we match up. Um, Quarterback-wise, you know, obviously – you know they they got one that's a you know pretty adept uh, runner and so we need you know we're a big uh, design quarterback run team as well so when you have that element it makes it harder um so we got to deal with that 
Um, and then I think that, you know, they do a really nice job on special teams as well. Um, and so, you know, a little bit nervous about the punt returner and things like that in regards to, you know, game-breaking opportunities because, uh, you know, obviously they've, they've got that. So all of that makes me nervous as heck. And so uh, we'll see what we can do. In your estimation, what do you think is the most challenging part of the matchup for your team on Saturday? Just matching the physicality. Um, you know, I mean, it all comes down to blocking and tackling. Um, you know, are, are they going to be able to plow us? Are they going to hold up with uh, our D-line versus their O-line? That's one question. Are they going to be able to, you know, make us one-dimensional and have force us to throw the ball? Um, we like throwing the ball, but we like to run the ball as well. Um, so those are, you know, the question marks uh, in regards to, you know, line play. I mean, their offensive line versus our defensive line and then our offensive line versus their defensive line. Last thing for you then, uh, just looking over, you know, all the success you've had there uh, at Ferris State. I mean, what's the thing that that, that you love most about your job? I mean, you've been there now for for 12 plus years. So what's the thing that's kept you going there at Ferris State? What's the thing that you, you love about this job the most? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I've been a head coach since 1987. Amazing. And so, uh, yeah, and I still feel pretty young. And so that's my favorite part about the job. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, at some point in time, I don't know, you know, it's my 40th year as a coach, 37th as a head coach. But, um, you know, I, I started in high school and, and was a high school head coach in the state of Michigan for 22 years. And then, I uh, had good fortune to go to college, but uh, just staying young, being uh, engaged in young people, um, you know, going to the practice field every day and, uh, you know, just having the, you know, ability to impact young people at a profound level. I mean, that's that's my greatest victory is seeing kids succeed, um, you know, going on and calling me back and saying, man, coach, I mean, what a difference you made in my life. And so that, that you know, that's bigger than any national championship that uh, we have won or, you know, state championship at the high school level. That's that's the greatest gift. Well, it's very impressive learning about you, your program, and uh, all the uh, successes that you guys have had. I love your philosophies, and uh, you guys are doing it the right way. So I appreciate the time today, Coach. Thanks so much for joining us. No, I truly appreciate you. Thank you. We'll see you out there on Saturday. Interesting, man. Lead with love, though. It's it's uh, it's not that complicated. It's difficult and challenging to do consistently, but it's not that complicated. Ferris State's won a lot of ball games. We'll see how they do in Missoula on Saturday evening. From college football to the NFL, all football all the time. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Here's how little faith I have in the Vikings and how good I think the Eagles are. I was honestly contemplating the line tonight is Eagles minus five and a half. I honestly contemplated teasing it all the way up to 14 and a half because I think the Eagles might blow them out just like they did last year. NFL time. What a week one. Oh my gosh. 
The NFL remains undefeated. Crazy amount of excitement, crazy amounts of back and forth, crazy amount of unpredictability. I think we had three one-point games, two more two-point games, a couple blowouts that nobody saw coming. Aaron Rodgers' season lasted for four plays, yet the Jets still somehow won in overtime against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Absolutely wild. Back for uh, the now Week 2 edition of All Football All the Time. It's presented by Sportsbet Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Brooks Nuanas will join us each Thursday here uh, on Nuanas Now to break down the week that was, as well as preview the week that will be, give you some betting lines, some numbers, and uh, everything in between. Brooks, thanks for being here, man. What did you think? Pretty wild uh, first week of NFL play. Yeah, as to be expected, Coulter, I literally anticipated it to be up and down the entire ticket pretty pretty wild, and it was. I mean, not surprising. There was some some stalwarts from last season that came back and really had good showings. There's also, as we maybe we'll talk about, the defending champion Chiefs, uh, the Bills who are, have been in AFC championships, the Bengals who have been in AFC championships, all falling um, in pretty significant ways, all losing in week one to opponents that they were favored against. So very interesting. Um, also some teams that we've talked about that looked pretty good. I thought that the Falcons looked pretty darn good. The Packers looked pretty darn good as well. Um, some teams that we'll see how they develop, but could uh, make some waves in the NFL this year. How about the Dolphins? I mean, Tua Tagovailoa looks absolutely back to full strength. Tyreek Hill still looks like one of the best players in the league, and uh, that Dolphins offense looks pretty prolific. Of course it does. I mean, Tyreek Hill at any given day is is very easily argued the best player in the NFL, so not surprised there. Tua comes back. Oh, man, best quarterback play of the, of week one. I don't think it was particularly close. I'm very happy to see Tua, not only for him, but for that team who I think has a very high ceiling. It's just amazing. We talk so much about quarterbacks at the college football ranks, and that's so elusive in college football. And there's this branding of Nick Saban as this old-school defensive coach. And while that's true in its, its utter essence, Nick Saban's done as good a job as anybody of evolving and maintaining some of the principles and um, different factors within his program that he wants to be true, yet still evolving with the new age and, and uh, p- playing the game. And I, then now I think you see it. I mean, I, I just think it's amazing that Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts, who are two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, were at Alabama at the same time. And Jalen Hurts was, was arguably the best player in the league last year. Yet it's still not surprising that Tua, once upon a time, beat him out because Tua's that kind of talent when he's fully healthy as well. I just think that uh, for a lot of the coaches in the college football world that are stubborn and stuck or that don't believe in in uh, the importance of the quarterback position, I think you look no farther than Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at those two guys, like you talked about, Colter. I mean, Alabama, for my entire childhood, was uh, pounding the football and trying to play defense. There was... Uh, you know, maybe a, a Greg McElroy frat boy at the helm at best. And, uh, they have sure improved the position, not only to prioritize it, but also to develop it the way they have um, with a bunch of a variety of offense coordinators, not just Nick Saban, Saban at the helm, but a bunch of minds that are speaking to that position that have also changed. So just goes to show where the position has grown in, in the country as well as in college. But uh, excited for both those guys. I mean, two of the most electric players in the league. All football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. There's Sportsbet Montana kiosks all across the great state of Montana. Go to Sportsbet Montana's website, click on locations, and you can find where there's a kiosk near you. Uh, all right, let's talk about um, how we did last week. I think that uh, we, we were on a few uh, that were pretty good. Uh, I know you were on the Commanders against the Cardinals. That one ended up being true. Uh, we were both on the Eagles over the Patriots. That played out. That That hit. Uh, and then we were both on the Seahawks over the Rams, and, and that's one that I fully admit that we uh, we got wrong. Sean McVay had a great game plan. No Cooper Cup, no problem. Uh, Seahawks looked, um, I don't even know what the word is, half asleep. But that's not atypical of Pete Carroll's teams. They actually often start slow. So that was the one that, that we missed. But uh, anything else that you, that you really liked about what we, we hit on last week or, or just the results of, of week one from a, from a betting line perspective? You know, Coulter, I, I hit on uh, on Dolphins covering three and a half, um, and they went they went ahead and won that game, which was pretty nice. But I, I also took home some money um, on Detroit covering that the four and a half, which I know you did as well. 
Um, we got four and a half, even though it wasn't five and a half, and I believe finished at five and a half. It was still a nice win on Thursday. Um, and the, the game of the week, Colton, I thought was interesting because I ended up in my mind, I had wanted to bet the Bengals because, gosh, I think they're one of the best teams in the league. Um, but I, I ended up taking Browns three and a half, and the Browns absolutely whooped the Bengals. Made Joe Burrow look uh, like a shell of himself, which could be the case. That was my concern, was to want to see how that injury played out. So I liked all of those wins for small units uh, kind of across the board as well. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, all football, all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. All right, let's uh, play a little bit of uh, a fun game. Let's play some guess the lines. Uh, basically, Brooks will just give me the uh, the matchup. I'll try to guess what the point spread is, and uh, we'll just do a couple of these before we get into then some of our uh, best bets, worst lines, uh, leans, stay away froms, go afters, all that good stuff. Uh, all football all the time presented by Sportsbet Montana. All right, give me a matchup. All right, Colter. I have three one, three that I thought were quite interesting. That I was off by more than more than a point and a half or so. So I'll start with the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, the Bengals coming off a loss to division rival Cleveland Browns, and again back to back divisional games to start the season with intense rivals, one of the best divisions in the league. Ravens at Bengals. Well, the Ravens I thought were one of the teams that looked most interesting. In week one. I mean, they won pretty easily against the Texans. I think the Texans are one of the worst teams in the NFL. I think the Texans are one of the only truly bad teams in the NFL. And the Ravens, without Mark Andrews, the their tight end, J.K. Dobbins pops his Achilles, so he's out for the year. So that's a huge hit as well. A good debut by Zay Flowers, but but the Ravens didn't have to throw the ball that much because they were kind of just fully in control. I think Lamar Jackson was like 14 of 18. Uh, in this game uh, last week. So even though the Ravens won 25 to 9 and then, uh, you know, w- had really no resistance from the Texans, I-, I thought they looked just very middle of the road. And I think that there's a lot, um, a lot to be determined because there was so much talk about this revamped offense around Lamar Jackson. But if you don't have J.K. Dobbins, who's your number one running back, you don't have Mark Andrews, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. Maybe it's not as revamped of an offense as you like to think. The Bengals did not look good. The Browns looked phenomenally good. But Cleveland opening week, that's a tough place to play. And even though the Browns are the Browns, they still have a ton of talent. So even though the Bengals are coming off of one of the worst performances of week one and the Ravens performed so well, at least score-wise, in week one, I still think Cincinnati's got to be a, a home favorite. Uh, I don't know which side they put the hook on. I'm saying it's either Cincy minus two and a half or Cincy minus three and a half at home. Yeah, three and a half. I thought the hook was high. I thought that was very interesting for a, an injured Joe Burrow who threw for 80, 82 yards and change or so. I thought that was a little high, uh, but you were right on it, Coulter, uh, at three and a half. I thought it was going to sit more at the one and a half zone and maybe get to a field goal. So That's one I think I'm going to stay there. away from. I think it's a great game. I can't wait to watch the game, but I don't know if I'm going to put any. I don't know if I'm going to wager on that one. Agreed. I totally agree. So uh, the next one I had, what I thought was interesting, was two teams played really well. I thought in Week One, and that is the Green Bay Packers traveling to play the Atlanta Falcons. I thought the Falcons looked great, and you know it's funny because I, I've been waffling all over the place. I was so confident in all my division winner picks except on the NFC South, because the NFC South is spun as probably one of the two worst divisions in football. The AFC and the NFC South, I think, are the two uh, divisions that don't have, you know, they have they have truly non-competitive teams within them. And uh, so, and I also thought, though, the Saints being the favorites in the NFC South was a little tenuous, because I just think the Saints are okay. I don't, I don't know if they're they're that good. So I kind of went out on a limb, and I said I thought Atlanta was going to win the the NFC South. Then I was thinking, man, am I really rolling with Desmond Ritter? Do I have a proximity bias because I know Troy Anderson and I've interviewed Caden Ellis, and you know I know these guys for the Falcons. But I know you were high on Carolina, given their offseason acquisitions, whether it's the number one pick and Bryce Young, or uh, signing Miles Sanders, signing Adam Thielen, signing DJ Shark. But uh, Panthers looked pretty middle of the road, and the Falcons looked absolutely great. And I think that uh, that, that carries over probably uh, into this week. 
But I did. I do think the Packers. If you're, if I was to pick like my top five performances of the week, I think the Packers were one of the top five best performing teams. They drilled the Bears. Jordan Love looked great. I mean, it looked like no Rodgers, no problem all day long. So even though Atlanta looked great in week one and Atlanta's a tough place to play, I'm going to say the Packers are favored on the road. So home dogs for the Falcons. I'm saying Falcons plus two and a half or, or Packers minus two and a half. I think that uh, about a field goal favorite for Green Bay going south. And it's wild. I don't know how you could possibly say that. It's a hard place to play. The Falcons looked great. They played really well on defense. Aaron Jones gets hurt for the Packers. And, in fact, the line is Packers two and a half. I had it by Falcons two and a half. I think that's a crazy line. Uh, I'm going to go snag that for the Falcons uh, as soon as I can this week. Um, so that's where we're at for the, those first two. Colton, I'll give you one more because I thought this was an interesting line. Buffalo, the Bills struggled. We've talked about concerns with Josh Allen. You and I personally off the air have talked extensively about his playing style, the concerns that he brings to a a well-rounded, talented team, um, and a lot hinges on his play. And the old man that he showed his his colors on Monday night against the Jets, and he looked terrible. And he he flushed that game for the Buffalo Bills, and if he plays even, even bad, they win that game. But he played terrible and lost that game. Um, in a big way for the Buffalo Bills. They now host the Las Vegas Raiders who come off a solid one-point win against the Denver Broncos. Uh, what say you for Raiders at Bills? Well, I thought that Josh Allen looked not good. He he really needs to to refine the form that made him this, you know, sort of the rising star of the NFL a couple years ago. All of the things that were like the knocks on Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming, his reckless nature his sometimes poor decision making, his uh, you know inability to to get rolling sometimes, those have reared their ugly head quite a bit the last couple years. The, the Bills were probably the toughest team to bet last year because uh, I thought a lot of times when they were the definitive favorites, they didn't play that well, and even though they'd win, they wouldn't cover. And they also lost a lot of big games last year. You just have to wonder. How much of that is just not having Brian Dable as the steady hand as the offensive coordinator? Or now that they don't have you know, an offensive-minded guy, I mean, they certainly have an offensive coordinator, but they have a defensive head coach, and Dable might have balanced that out. So a lot of questions about the Bills. Uh, that said, I have no gauge on the Raiders. They won by one point over the Broncos, but I don't think the Broncos are good. I think the Broncos are worse than most national people think the Broncos are going to be. So I don't even know how good of a win that is, although it was at Mile High, which is a tough place to play, tough place to win. Man, I really I really don't have a, a gauge on this line. I mean, I think the Bills are probably favored at home. I don't really know by how much. I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say Bills minus 4 and a half. Bills minus 9 and a half. I thought how? that was extremely high. How? I, just how, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know the, why that is. Why that is? Why? Why? Why is that? Yeah, that's the that's the highest line of the week, Colter. The the New York Jets are also uh, nine and a half point dogs at Dallas, and that one you could justify with Aaron Rodgers' injury and as well as how well the Dallas Cowboys played. But I thought I don't know who the Buffalo Bills are going to beat by ten. Um, until they get things turned around anytime soon. And that could be this week because I don't think the Raiders are all that talented. But, again, Jimmy Garoppolo has been a very efficient quarterback in the NFL for, for the better part of the last five years. And he knows the system well. Jacoby Myers, a guy that was in uh, in New England with uh, Josh McDaniels at, at one time, uh, had two touchdowns over 80 yards receiving. Thought he played really well as a newcomer for the Raiders. Uh, they're able to run the football a little bit. I just thought that line was extremely high, so I wanted to point that one out on the week as well. All football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Sportsbet Montana kiosk uh, near you. All right, what else do you like this week? There's a whole bunch of fun matchups. Where else do you like? Well, I like all sorts of stuff this week, Colton. I actually think it's a much easier week uh, to predict or rather bet on. I do want to call out a couple things that were interesting from week one. Of the 16 games, Colter, 13 went under the point total, which I thought was shocking, as well as the standing lines, the final line of the week. If you were to take the favorite, six favorites covered, 10 did not. 
Um, you know I love my home dogs. This last week there was six home dogs, two covered, four did not. Um, so there is your trend stats of the week. Um, the things that I really like this week, Colt, there are I love the Niners at the, at the L.A. Rams. Um, I think that that's obviously shoot myself in the foot again. How can you not say, how about we learn from week one? I love the Seahawks hammering them against at home against the Rams. And the Rams come in and beat the, the brakes off the Seahawks. So will they do that to the Niners? I thought the Niners looked as good as anyone in the NFL. Actually, I have them as the best-performing team outside of the Cowboys, who I thought that was a little bit of a runaway. I thought the, uh, the, the Niners was more competitive against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I thought the Niners will roll this week. The point total is high. I think it's 8.5 right now. Um, I like that just at a touchdown, maybe 6.5, buy it down a little bit. But I do love the Niners there. I really love the Saints on Monday night traveling to the Carolina Panthers, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, love the Saints. I thought they played pretty well, beating division rival Tennessee Titans week one. Get another rivalry game going here, and I think that the Saints uh, will will also play very well against the Carolina Panthers. Excuse me, not division rival, but regional rival. Um, and then the last week, Coulter, which I think is a very, very interesting game, is uh, the New York Jets traveling Sorry, the New York Giants traveling to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Giants, man, they looked they looked bad in Week One, didn't they? Uh, they looked terrible. The Giants had they looked terrible. They had nothing going. Uh, you know, the only team to not score in Week One, zero. They put up the goose egg. Um, and the Arizona Cardinals, they put up a darn good fight, man. They had six sacks against the Washington Commanders. Had a lead late in the fourth quarter. The Commanders end up pulling that one out. Um, the Cardinals, by all accounts, the worst roster in the NFL. Played well in week one. Now the Giants have to lick their wounds and go travel down to Arizona, but the Giants are road favorites at five and a half. I don't know which way I'm leaning on that game, but I sure am intrigued that we call that the Vegas zone. They're there at five and a half, way more than a field goal and a hook and a little less than a touchdown. Uh, Vegas says they don't totally know what to do with that game. Um, I will be watching to see how that adjusts and maybe get, get in late uh, depending on where that line finishes. Ones I got my eye on, Colts at Texans. I, I don't think the Colts are any sort of uh, groundbreaking team, but I do think that the Texans aren't good at all. The Colts are only minus one and a half on the road going to Houston. Might be an enticing one to, to just throw down the Colts' money line and, and uh, parlay it with something else. Um, other matchups th- this week? Man, it's a tough week. 49ers-Rams is an interesting one because you want to believe the 49ers are justifiably more than a score favorite in that one. But Sean McVay's always good in division games, so that that's one that maybe is a little tenuous to look at as well. Uh, what about the commanders on the road going to the Broncos? I mean, I don't know about the Broncos. I don't know about the commanders either. Still a lot to be learned about both those teams as well. But the Broncos, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. What do you think of that one? I, thought it was a, I wrote in my notes, gross. I thought it was a gross line. Uh, the, the hook at home after playing terrible against a bad Raiders team, I don't like that at all, but the commanders looked bad. An untold story, Colt, there. I don't think anyone, I haven't heard anyone else mention that, you know, Chase Young was out with the injury for the commanders. I think it's still that hamstring from the ACL that he suffered kind of deal. That's a huge blow. I mean, Chase Young is, you know, one of their best players, one of their two or three best players um, on the team. I think all of them reside on defense including Jonathan Allen and, and, and the likes of such. But I'm probably going to stay away from that game, though I do find it interesting. Another one that I like, Coulter, is I thought the Dolphins looked so good. At the top, we talked about Tua and Jalen Hurts. I thought Tua was outstanding. The Tyree Kill combo with Jalen Waddell will likely get going. They play at the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um, you know, my notes say ride the fins, man. That's kind of where I'm leaning on that one as well. Not only because it's a whole lot of fun, but I think that they're a very talented team. Brooks Duana is all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. I'm always a big fan of the money line parlay, so I usually try to get two to three games and just pair the money lines together. So here's my three-part money line parlay for you this week. I like the Colts on the road against the Texans. Uh, I do think it could be a good game, and I think that's why it's a, a minus one and a half spread. Uh, Anthony Richardson did go down against the Jags late. He's questionable. If he's out, maybe stay away from that. But so watch that one. Watch the injury reports throughout the week. I also think the Giants looked awful on Sunday Night Football. 
But I think the Cardinals are awful, and I think the Cardinals are going to be one of maybe two or three teams in the league that doesn't really have a desire to win. I know that tanking is way more common in the NBA than it is the NFL, but the Cardinals just sort of have an embedded way of tanking with Kyler Murray out early in the year. I don't think the Giants are going to look that bad again. I think they're going to try to bounce back in a big way. And then you wonder how the Jets do coming off an emotional win with uh, Aaron Rodgers getting knocked out and they're playing a juggernaut and the Cowboys look so good in week one. So here's my three-part money line parlay. Got the Colts going to Houston and winning on the road, the Giants going to Arizona and winning on the road, and the Cowboys winning over the Jets at home. You can get that at plus 203. So uh, an interesting three-parter money line parlay here on All Football All the Time. He's Brooks Duanas. He'll join us each week on All Football All the Time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Check in each Thursday for uh, recaps of all things NFL and uh, some betting guidance here uh, on Nuanas Now. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Hey, don't forget, folks, nine home underdogs this week. That's a whole ton of them. There's going to be three or four that cover. Definitely check out those lines. All Football All the Time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. We'll put a bow on hour number one right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Radio. No one is now ESPN Radio. There was some debate uh, last couple days when the Iron Grizz closes, but uh, we confirmed uh, they're going to be open for another month plus. So they're not closing until October. So uh, plenty of chance to get over there to the Iron Grizz, University of Montana Golf Course. Such a great restaurant, one of the best restaurants in Missoula. And guess what? We're going to do right now. We're going to send you there. We got fifty dollars to the Iron Grizz American Bistro. Call us right now. Four zero six. 888-1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. Call number five. We got fifty bucks for you to the American uh the Iron Grizz American Bistro there at the University of Montana Golf Course. 406-888-1029. No time to waste. Uh the NFL coming back for week two here in just a little while. So we'll give you a preview of Thursday night football and talk about the injury that was on Monday night football to get our number two started off. Carol in the Chicken Dozen Sports and the Sports Medicine Journal. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 